Welcome back to the Political Culture Podcast. This is your host, Veda Swaminathan, and today I have two Nigerian electoral specialists, Sophie Jager and Skylar Zinker. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Sure. Hi, my name is Sophie. Um, I'm an electoral specialist who specifically studies Nigeria and their elections. Hi, I'm Skylar, and I'm also a Nigerian electoral specialist, and I focus in on the social cleavages and political parties in Nigeria. Well, awesome. I'm sure the listeners are super excited to meet you guys. So we will get started. So today we are going to be focusing on the political parties and the elections in Nigeria, as you could probably tell based off the specialists we have here today. And we're going to be giving you guys a brief analysis of what kind of goes on in the region. So to start, we'll go into a little bit of important colonial era history. So to begin, um, Nigeria was under British organization and control for a very short period of time. Um, The British colonized the country in 1914 and their rule ended in 1960. However, the most important thing that the colonists left behind was the fact that their legacy included the vision of democratic polities conducted according to the rule of law and established in the vision of Western, not African experiences and values. So this led to a pretty tumultuous era in the history after. There were a series of military coups and different regimes popped up um, until what we have today um, after the 1999 constitution. Skylar and Sophie, are there any other important parts of the colonial era history that we have to talk about? This isn't so um, colonial era, but I think, you know, it's important to understand the the present situation in Nigeria, or the past situation in Nigeria, before we really dive into the present. So, after the colonial period ended, um, Nigeria was under a series of different uh, dictators, or military dictator uh, rule, Um, so that also has a very big impact on the way that Nigerians view their government, and there really is a low sense of trust in government because for so much of their history, the government um, has been plagued by corruption and fraud and sort of a dictatorial nature. Certainly, and I think their tumultuous beginnings, especially with the several military dictatorships, has really uh, transformed the foundations for their democracy. And we see that in present day with the current Buhari administration. And as Sophie previously stated, how little trust the people have and how that has lessened Nigeria's political legitimacy. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Um, So now we're going to kind of get into a little summary of what the um, political party and election systems are like in Nigeria. So, Sophie, I know that's what you specialize in. Would you mind giving us a little brief description of how it works in that country? Yes, of course. So um, for those of you who don't know, Nigeria is a democratic presidential system, and they have elections for the presidency, the Senate, the House, and they also have some local elections as well. So something that's pretty unique about Nigeria is not only do the presidential candidates have to win 50% of the vote, but they also have to win 25% of the vote in two-thirds of the states, which is Nigeria's sort of effort to ensure that um, the, the president has a lot of um, national support, which is very hard in Nigeria because, although we didn't talk about this earlier, this is actually Skylar's specialty, but Nigeria has lots of different tribal and regional cleavages that have a huge impact on Nigeria's party system. Um, so a lot of these, a lot of Nigeria's political parties are centered around 
these um, cleavages, so there's not really much of a coherent system because it's very hard um, for you know very regional parties to win um, the presidential elections. So parties frequently form and dissolve, but the two main parties that we've seen throughout, throughout Nigeria's democratic history since you know the late 1990s have been the People's Democratic Party and the All Progressive Congress. Um, so these parties, mostly it's been the People's Democratic Party in power, but recently we've had the APC, the All Progressive Congress, um, and the elections, the big presidential elections have been between those two. And these elections, moving away from dictatorial rule, were largely characterized by lots of fraud and violence. The Nigerian Election Commission, which runs all the elections, has been accused of being um, increasingly corrupt and fraudulent, and there has been even some violence and assassination of politicians. However, the 2015 and 2019 elections were largely smooth, um, and they resulted in two APC wins, but um, there was, in 2019, it's important to note that there was some allegations of fraud from Bukhari's rival, but the election was largely accepted to be credible. Um, so we definitely were seeing a shift away from this corruption towards more uh, legitimate elections, and hopefully this will help increase Nigeria's political legitimacy and stability. Yeah, those are all really great points. And that actually, it it feels like a good time to kind of talk about what could have potentially made the 2015 and 2019 elections, um, you know, more successful um, from our point of view, at least, than past elections. So Nigeria recently implemented um, their their electoral act in 2001 and had added on um, more changes and more amendments to it in 2002, 2006, and 2010. Um, So these different acts and these different um, amendments to the act definitely, you know, increase the democratization within the country and especially within its electoral system. So the 2006 changes, you know, they empowered the commission to expand um, its own base by appointing secretaries, um, increasing voter education, prosecuting um, fraud offenders, addressing the ambiguity surrounding the appointment and dismissal of resident electoral commissioners, and more. Um, And the 2010 amendments, you know, were passed to address the shortcomings of the 2006 Act and make sure that it uh, the Act followed the Constitution, which was established in 1999. Um, so these electoral reform commissions that were established through the Electoral Act um, really began to review the electoral history of Nigeria after the 2007 elections. And these independent electoral commissions were created as an oversight body to promote sustainable democracy. So with all of this kind of in place in Nigeria. What are some of the big, you know, inflictions that we're seeing on the country? What are some of the things that are hampering, um, you know, how these elections are working out? Because we are still seeing some fraud allegations, some corruption allegations. So what are those big issues, Skylar? So there's certainly turbulence and you'll notice a trend within Nigerian politics. Every time election season comes around, there's mass chaos. Uh, a great election to point towards is Buhari, uh, when he was re-elected for a second four-year term in 2019. Uh, he is a part of the All Progressive Congress, and despite the fact that he won the election by 3.9 million votes, voting took place after a week-long delay due to instability to get ballots and result sheets to all parts of the country. It was marred by violence, 47 people killed, uh, deaths resulted from clashes between groups after 
allies leaving parties, and there was theft of ballot boxes and allegations of mass fraud. And this is not the first time in Nigerian politics that fraud and corruption have riddled uh, elections and ultimately impacted the results. With that being said, a huge point of contention in Nigeria has always been uh, the ethnic diversity. Nigeria is vast with different tribes, uh, different languages and cultures, and oftentimes these cultures clash uh, as a result of different political ideologies and religions. So the main groups that we can point to are the House of Fulani, the Igbo, the Yoruba, and the Ija. And uh, the House of Fulani are the most predominant ethnic group in Nigeria's northern region. They are Muslim and they are the most politically dominant since Nigeria's independence. And Islam is a key component of their ethnic identity and it certainly informs their role in modern Nigerian society and politics. Uh, the Igbo have really struggled to form a grip on politics, so they take more of a backseat. Uh, and Yoruba are the most ethnic group. Uh, and they also have uh, failed to really coalesce one leader aside from Obasanjo, uh, who is Nigeria's president and first elected head of state. So in each party, uh, there are different members from different ethnic tribes. While the PDP is more center-right and the APC is more center-left, neither party is uh, directly tied to one specific tribe, as Nigeria is so diverse and vast in culture that it would be hard to do so. Right. So it sounds like the country is kind of on the correct path, but there are certain issues that need to be overcome maybe at, at, at an earlier level. I don't know too much about what we can do about solving the tribal connections, but what are some of our policy ideas that you guys have been considering or talking about um, to sort of improve the democratization and the electoral process in the country? Yeah, so Nigeria has made a lot of strides to try to ensure that everyone gets some sort of representation um, and the presidential candidates have um, some widespread popular support, like I was talking about before, with the two-thirds requirement. Um, and Nigeria is also, we didn't quite talk about this before, but Nigeria is also a federal system, which means that the national government and then the local state governments um, sort of share power. Um, so this also helps to ensure that everyone has some say and everyone's needs are met. So a possible solution is for Nigeria to increase some of the, the power to the state government so that really everyone's happy. Another good solution looking forward to decreasing some of these tribal tensions would be having increased civic education, um, increased secular education to ensure that you know there's more of a sense of national unity as opposed to tribal unity. And then in terms of electoral fraud, which, you know, as we've discussed, has decreased, but, you know, is still somewhat of a persistent problem. Nigeria should really allow more international watchdogs to come in um, and watch and certify the elections to help increase public trust. Skylar, do you have any other suggestions? Uh, on the same line as you, civic education is a necessity, especially amongst young girls who tend to be overshadowed in Nigeria's education system. Uh, additionally, it's super important that security surrounds these elections in order to combat voter fraud and that voters have access to the ballot boxes to really take part in the democratic process. Yeah, well, those sound like great ideas, guys. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Political Culture Podcast. Um, I hope the listeners enjoyed this. We'll see you guys soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye.